0: Remember this guy, the one who smashed a window to the Capitol building with a police riot shield he had grabbed? That guy was just sentenced to 10 years in prison by a Trump-appointed federal judge. Dominic Pizzola is a member of the so-called Proud Boys, and he will join fellow Proud, Proud Boy, Ethan Nordeen, who may be sentenced at any moment. Unlike Pizzola, Nordeen was considered a leader of the Proud Boys, but did not actually enter the Capitol. CNN's Evan Perez is with us. Right now, Evan, so far sentences have been significantly lower than what Justice Department prosecutors had asked for, but still pretty high.
1: They're pretty, they're pretty harsh sentences, Jake. Uh, Look, the Justice Department uh, uh, asked for 20 years for uh, Pizzola, uh, who was sentenced earlier today. He got 10. Uh, This was, you know, uh, listening to some of these sentencings has been uh, really instructive in what a tragedy, January 6th was for everyone, including some of the people who are accused of entering the the, the building, helping carry out some of the crimes. You've seen, obviously, the the pictures of Pozzola breaking the window there, uh, leading what what the judge said, he was the tip of the spear for people who went into that building. Um, But the other thing that you hear, certainly right now as we're listening, as we're watching Nordine being sentenced as we speak uh, at the federal court in Washington here, uh, you you hear from their families, you hear from them apologizing tearfully because they realize what's about to happen to them. Uh, the, pr- the prosecutors have been asking for very hefty sentences, in some cases for for the leaders of the Proud Boys, uh, Joseph Biggs, uh, and for Zachary Real, uh, they were asking for more than 30 years. In the case of Biggs, they got 17 years, Zachary Real got 15 years. Uh, these are very, very hefty sentences. They're gonna basically have their daughters grow up without their fathers being there. Uh, But the judge, one of the things that he just mentioned uh, in court was that what happened on January 6th and the violence that happened that day was more than just that. There, There was something that was lost for all Americans, which was the tradition, the long held tradition of a peaceful transfer of power, which we've lost and we will have to build the next time there's an election, and next time there is a transfer of power. So one of the things we're watching for right now is Nordin. He took over the leadership of the Proud Boys uh, after Enrique Tarrio was arrested right before January 6th. Enrique Tarrio, by the way, is facing his own sentencing uh, next week. So he's they're going to be the fifth of the Proud Boys uh, that are that are facing the sentencing in uh, this federal court again by judge Timothy Kelly. J.
0: Yeah, that, and, and Enrique Tarrio that that the former national chairman of the so-called Proud Boys. Right. Um, that's uh, that sentencing is is next week. What are we expecting at that hearing?
1: Well, we're expecting uh, you know the again for the justice department to 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 emphasize what happened on January 6th and what these men did. Now, Enrique Tarrio was arrested before January 6, and so he was banned from being inside the wa- inside Washington on that day. So he wasn't there.
0: But he had stolen a Black Lives Matter. He had flag. stolen Black
1: Lives Matter, and they were watching him, and they yeah. certainly knew that he he had uh, some weaponry on him, and so they knew what he was up to and what they were they were trying to prevent what happened on January 6, obviously, and thought by arresting him he could send a message. In the end, Nordine took over and egged on the crowd, especially uh, told them uh, what they should do that day, carry out that day, the violence that happened. Of course, uh, that was one of the things that the prosecutors are gonna emphasize at the Enrique Tarrio uh, sentencing, which is that for months, these men were at the forefront of political violence around the country, a lot of it at the egging of the former president. And so, obviously, this is also the courthouse where Donald Trump himself is gonna perhaps face some consequences for what he inspired on January 6th. He's gonna go on trial there uh, in the coming months, Jake.
0: All right, Evan Pettis, thank you so much. Let's bring in CNN chief law enforcement and intelligence analyst, John Miller. John, uh, let's revisit the four Proud Boys who have been sentenced. We still don't know the sentence for Nordine, but we can make an educated guess that these four are gonna add up to around around 50 years. It's 17 years for Biggs, 15 for uh, Zachary Real. Uh, Nordine has yet to be sentenced, Uh, Pizzola got 10. we should note that three of the four uh, were convicted and then sentenced on a very difficult to prove seditious conspiracy charge. We talked about this when they were charged. Uh, there were a lot of people that speculated they would not be able to get con- uh, convictions on those because those are, those are tough to prove. What, what do you make of it all?
2: Well, I think it's a very hard charge to prove. It's why prosecutors use it so seldom, um, but it is also an effect of the idea that Regular American citizens are only rarely in the habit of trying to do something you could equate with trying to overthrow the government. The last time they used this seditious conspiracy charge successfully was in 1995 against the so-called blind sheikh, um, Omar Abdel Rahman, who was um, charged in a conspiracy to blow up U.S. government buildings and landmarks um, on behalf of Bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. So yeah, it's a big step to use that against Americans, but when you have a case where you're actually charging that there is a conspiracy to invade the Capitol and literally interrupt the process of democracy to wit the counting of electoral college votes, the certification, rather, of votes for uh, the president, that's about as close as you're gonna get to seditious conspiracy in a modern age.
0: Two years before the deadly insurrection, Trump's Justice Department identified white supremacists and far-right extremists as the most significant domestic terrorist threat facing the U.S. at that time, more so than Al Qaeda or ISIS. Um, is this far right still considered the biggest, You know, the far right activists and militia groups and the, and the right, the violent folks, are they still considered the biggest threat to the U.S. right now?
2: I would say that my last year or two even, depending on where you set your watch uh, with the New York City Police Department assessing terrorist threats against the United States and specifically this city, uh, would validate that theory because yes, it is important to note and we cannot for a moment look away, uh, understanding that ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah um, are still uh, groups that have aspirations to strike on U.S. soil. Uh, we can't look away from that. On the other hand, if you, comp- if you compare the body count, um, if you look at The Buffalo supermarket shooting, if you look at the Allen Texas mall shooting, one by a white supremacist, the next by a neo-Nazi or the El Paso shooting uh, targeting migrants, you're seeing more people are being killed by people who are following this uh, extreme right-wing ideology than by al-Qaeda or ISIS combined, at least on U.S. soil.
0: John Miller, Food for Thought. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.